for tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. The Fitted Sheet by Barbara Smith I believe that everyone has an arch menaces, even if they are referred to by different names. According to the all-wise internet, an arch menaces refers to a character or entity that is the main adversary or opponent of another character or entity, often present in literature, films, or other forms of media. They typically represent the ultimate threat or challenge to protagonist and are driven by a deep-rooted animosity or conflict. Arch menaces frequently engage in a long-standing battle or rivalry, often characterized by strategic plots, physical confrontations, and a clash of ideologies or goals. It is an arch enemy or an arch rival, if you will, something that haunts you and that you feel the need to conquer in your life, but perhaps you keep pushing aside because of procrastination, fear, or dread of failure. I have several, one of which is the vaulted ceiling in the foyer of our house that has needed to be painted for many years due to time and grandbaby scuffs and fingerprints. However, the real reason it began to haunt me and I urgently wanted to get it done was that my husband had bought me a beautiful crystal chandelier in New Orleans, Louisiana on our vacation in May of 2023 to celebrate our 41st wedding anniversary. He had stated that when we, meaning me, get the foyer painted, then we, meaning he, could hang the chandelier. Understandably so, because we did not want to get paint on this magnificent, expensive piece. Unfortunately, I have developed a fear of heights in my old age, and since the foyer has a 20-foot ceiling, it mocked me every time I came into the front door, chanting, You can't do it. You're too scared. Well, my little ladder, paint can, paintbrush, a roller, and on a very long extension pole, and I have had the last laugh. Though at the time it was already October, we completed the job a few weeks into October. What a relief to get that project done and conquer that monster. And by the way, the chandelier looks exquisite. There is another rival that I wrestle with every week, and there may be those of you out there in the blog and podcast world who share this enemy, and that is the dreaded fitted sheet. There is, of course, the whole mystery of the folding of the fitted sheet. The flat sheet looks so cute, flat, and freshly folded in the linen closet, ready for the next use. Then there's this blob. It is quite the challenge, because though I believe I have mastered putting the corners together while folding, as you fold it over, 
No matter how hard you try, it slowly morphs into a scrunched-up mess, like a piece of paper you wadded up to throw away in the trash. It is not known specifically who invented or started the use of the sheets, but it is known that the Egyptians used them as far back as 4,500 years ago. However, since fitted sheets have elastic sewn on the four corners, I doubt the fitted sheet dates back that far as we know them now. However, they were deemed necessary and the tradition has continued. The first sheets used were made of linen, cotton, or silk, which were breathable materials. This was found to help regulate body temperature as they slept, keeping folks warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Though they were originally all white, we now have just about any color or pattern our heart would desire, which double now as design elements in our bedrooms, besides affording us a good night's rest. They also assist in keeping allergens down and in overall hygiene as well as preserving mattresses for a longer time. It is said that the human body loses 500 million skin cells per day, a number we cannot even imagine. Because we are constantly shedding, the skin you have a month from now will be different from what you have on your body today. And yes, you guessed it, a lot of those dead cells are landing in our beds, along with body odor, sweats, and more. Yuck! Thus, the need to routinely wash the sheets. I have heard for this reason one should also vacuum the mattress before putting the clean set of sheets on to further assist in getting rid of the unwanted dead things and help keeping things fresh, which I may or may not do myself from time to time. Though we have come to hate the folding of the fitted sheet, there is another aspect that we wrestle with. We have a subconscious conversation with ourselves weekly thinking, should I wrestle with this today or wait a few more days? The reason for this is because who among us can get that thing on the bed completely correctly the first time? It is my arch menaces. Yes, they are colorful, soft, and comfy, but who wants to have to try to win the WWA award every time you change the sheets? I recently saw a clip of a lady puffing and puffing like she had just finished running a marathon, and she was asked if she was okay, and she stated, Oh yes, thank you, I am fine. I just finished making my bed. It surely is a workout. In my personal fitted sheet journey, I specifically look at each side since the bed is rectangular and not a square. We know as adults, having passed our kindergarten and elementary years, that there will be two sides long and the other two sides will be shorter. Oh yes, we know this. Yes, we know that it must go on the bed a specific way to fit properly. But invariably, even after much scrutinizing and cross-examination, I will get it wrong. I get the first corner on nice and tight with much confidence, only to discover as I am headed down to the bottom corner that it is too short. It is infuriating. However, at that point, do we give up and just leave the bed unmade? Or just throw the comforter over the mess and put the pillows in place and leave and try to forget about it? That I cannot do. It is not in my DNA. No, we must try again. I cannot claim a 100% success rate, however. Often I will get it right on the second attempt. Then I can add the flat sheet, comforter, and all the optional decorative pieces. You have heard the saying, 
If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. This expression is said to have originated with the first king of Scotland, Robert the Bruce, dating back to the 11th century, after going into hiding from the British. He sat and watched a spider attempting to weave a web and failing at it repeatedly. However, Mrs. Spider was not dissuaded, but continued to try until she had success. Some say that this is an expression to encourage those who have failed to continue forging ahead, while others say this is a ridiculous notion, because if you didn't achieve something the first time, you will never get it right. I personally choose to hold to the former thought. I do not think that any of us would have accomplished what we have in our lives by taking the latter view. We are often too critical and quick to judge harshly those who fail at things, especially smaller things like putting on or folding a fitted sheet, thinking that this is ridiculous. However, we must embrace the latitude of failing at a particular thing with the understanding that it does not make us a failure. We must also hold to the concept of second chances for ourselves and afford others this opportunity as well. Those who criticize will at some point in their lives find themselves in need of forgiveness as well. Every now and then, while attempting to fry that perfect egg, no matter how much of a master chef you claim to be, the yolk will break. It is inevitable. Though it is disappointing because we know the runny yolk is the best part, of course. However, when breakfast time rolls around again the next day, they will try it again. You say that is a silly example. Maybe so. However, life is full of small challenges that in turn build up our resilience to try and try again when we face the larger challenges. We do not come into this world as fully grown, successful adults. There are baby steps we take along the way physically, emotionally, physiologically, socially, spiritually, and so forth. Even when we reach the point in our life where we think we have achieved the ultimate place in life or in our jobs or success, because we are humans, we will make mistakes. Even a person who has been through 10 years of college and has had a shingle hanging above a door stating that they are now a doctor can misdiagnose diseases and conditions. This is perfectly understandable when you think of how many symptoms can overlap in many different conditions. Even though they may be embarrassed or frustrated with themselves at times, doctors will continue to try, try again, to keep us healthy and save lives. I, for one, am glad they do not give up. David tells us of the Lord in Psalms 103, verse 14, For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. What is the arch menaces in your life? It is said that you might as well admit it and face it because God already knows. What task is daunting to you and you've been procrastinating on? What is it you want or need to specifically get right for it to work properly, as the example of the fitted sheet? It only fits on the bed when it's in the proper position. There are a lot of alternatives and choices in life and substitutes that can be made along the way that will work just as well as your original plan. As in the sheet example, you can always use a flat sheet as a bottom sheet as well and fold the corners in what is called the hospital style, and it will work just fine. 
instead of climbing that ladder and painting that vaulted ceiling you could hire someone to do it for you if you have the time and means available however what about the more weighty or important things in life a misdiagnosis for instance can sometimes lead to unpleasant results and even death there are many things in our lives that we must personally conquer and get right to advance and reach our full potential as a person a spouse a parent employee or christian even if we must keep trying repeatedly until we get it right we see this lesson again in proverbs thirty verse twenty eight which tells us the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in kings palaces mrs spider gets what she wants and lives lofty not because of her skills or talents though you know if you've seen a spider web she is gifted but it is because of her persistence we must avoid giving excuses of why we just cannot do something or achieve a goal or put our heart and our souls into things we cannot defer to others every time we run into a snag in life life can be chaotic and get messy like that folded sheet at times and we cannot always control it or get it folded up into a neat perfect package but the messes are what develop us into what god wants us to be they build our character and instill in us patience endurance understanding and wisdom we must be ready for all of the nuances and changes that life throws our way we can add to ourselves skills and talents if we are persistent second peter one verses five through eight tells us and besides this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity for if these things be in you and abound they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ god wants us to be fruitful and successful in every way and we can be through diligence and persistence in matthew twenty five we read about the man who had to take a journey and he called his servants and gave one five talents to another two talents and to the third one he gave one talent the first two servants worked with what they were given and doubled the master's money or goods but the third one buried his talent verses twenty four through thirty tells us the end of the story then he which had received the one talent came and said lord i knew thee that thou art an hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathered where thou hast not strawed and i was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth lo there thou hast that is thine his lord answered and said unto him thou wicked and slothful servant you knew that i reap where i sow not and gather where i have not strawed thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming i should have received mine own with usury take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents for unto every one that hath shall be given and he shall have abundance but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness the master did not compare the last servant to the others and say that they should have been more like them and done what they had done and reap what they had reaped but he did require some type of action and fruitfulness 
This scripture is a comparison of how the Lord views us. We must not insult God's intelligence. The reward does not come from fear, hiding, or making excuses, but from trying and trying again. The Apostle Paul had his struggles and personal difficulties and continued to try to persuade God of what he needed. God did answer him, but it was not the answer that he had hoped for. 2 Corinthians 12.9 tells us the answer. God said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Later, when giving his testimony at Philippi, Paul stated in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He had learned that no matter how lofty our opinion is of ourselves, it is only through God that we can succeed. He learned that with persistence, he could succeed even with his disability. It is never through our own skills, talents, intelligence, or strength, but through God. Life can be tough and the road can be arduous at times, but we must keep in mind what the wise man Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11. After not always acting wisely in his life, he said, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, not yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Some days we may conquer the world, and other days we may only be able to change the sheets. But Jesus said in Matthew 10 verse 22, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. If you approach life with a try, try again attitude, you will reap the rewards of your labor in this life and in the life to come. When we hear the words of Matthew 25 verse 23, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. This is when all of our arch menaces will finally be conquered and slain, never to raise their ugly heads again. Go forth and try, and if you fail, no worries. Just try and try again. Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and His mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.